Cousin Jared, we just wrapped up week 22 of the baseball season. A great plays, 8% ROI last week. That makes it officially 17 of the 22 weeks. A grade's profitable. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say baseball's too easy, mm. but it's just always so good to us. And yeah, it's, it's always like it is. Yeah. It is. And there's always some ups and downs, but the ups are always better than the downs. And yep. uh, I was very blessed to be able to build sideline and allow us to profit off of it and uh yep. Yep. it's always exciting to enter football season and and always a little sad to leave baseball baseball's a grind mm -hmm. but but it's always good to our pockets you know yeah and i feel like it's really in your wheelhouse because as we say all the time this is like a statistic show honestly and i feel like it's a little less a statistic show when you get into some of the other sports yeah. and so this one is like not only an area where you feel most comfortable but obviously you know where you feel most comfortable and where we you know, are mostly profitable and so yeah it's just kind of a sweet sweet spot i guess it is it is and and there's all the math and especially doing more doing the money lines of college basketball and it's a lot in college football too we just don't talk as much about it right and i don't know yeah. maybe that's all maybe we should do a better job of that I don't, I don't well know. and it's and it's it's uh with college football it's super clustered like all of yeah. the math clustered around certain numbers and, and yeah. so it, then it's like how many times can you say three is the most important number in college football yeah. three and a half is very valuable two and a half is like nothing and and so you know you don't say the same thing so many different ways, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's also overdrawn math with spreads where it's like everyone knows 52.4%, right? But baseball, yeah. these money line markets, uh, I always just have, have talked about so much how these money line markets are so profitable. Uh, yeah. That's my bread and butter. And that's how we are making money. So again, remember, if you're not with us already on Dub Club, sign up link in the show description. Because there are no Monday baseball games. Uh, during the day here, but I do like the early first pitch, the 640 Eastern first pitch, get it going a little bit early for us, uh, at least is, is better. Uh, we'll have a nice night in Detroit, around 70 degrees to start, mid-60s to close, slight breeze blowing out, but the cooler temperatures, especially for August, is going to make this park play very neutral. Luis Severino and Reese Olsen, you can see the ratings on screen. Severino's ERA this year is 726, and that is incredible. Mm -hmm. I, 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 he's not that bad. The underlying metrics say it should be better, but his FIP is in the sixes and his XFIPs in the fives. It's not pretty. There's a reason why his grade is so low. Y'all have talked heard me talk about Reese Olsen, one of the rookies who gets an average grade. I like him. I like him relative to his expectations. I don't think he's as good as Hunter Brown, for instance, uh, as a rookie, or I don't know, pick other rookie pitcher, right? Uh, that's done well. I just think he's he's better than that 529 ERA. The advanced metrics say his ERA should be around four. I think he's better than we think when we look at him, he's not a bad pitcher. Uh, and right now, a lot of people are having success against the Yankees. Uh, that's where we're heading with this. Tigers minus 107 is an A grade pick model, says they win 56% of the time, and minus 111 gets us to that A grade. We're going to take them at minus 107, so slightly better. Model says it should be minus 128. Cousin Jared, what do you got? Reese Olsen, perfectly average. Uh, Luis Severino, perfectly terrible this season. Uh, and all of those metrics that you just talked about was before his last start, where he went like six and a third scoreless against the Nationals. And so that actually 
helped a lot of those metrics. And so it was even worse before. But even in that start against the Nationals where he pitched over six innings, he still only struck out two people. So we've talked mm-hmm. a lot about the time. You know, strikeouts, one of the things that the pitchers control most. Had a lot of balls in play in that game. They just happened to be going right. Two people got some double plays and things like that. So, yeah, I think this is just a thing where the Yankees, we all know how bad the Yankees have been playing. The national media has told us what a terrible job the Yankees have, how terrible the Yankees have been. All the Yankees fans have been telling us how terrible the Yankees have been. I'm wondering if the Yankees might start, you know, might actually be believing at this point that they're not very good at baseball with how they've been playing. And then you get to fade Luis Severino. This is great. Nine and two. You and your your guests on this show are nine and two when backing the Tigers this season. So let makes let's make that ten and two because I love yeah. the Tigers here. I like it. Uh, this is one of my two favorite picks of the day. Then, of course, the A-plus play of the day, uh, which you can get as part of the Dub Club package. Or if you just want the A-plus play of the day, there's a link in the show description for that. Uh, you made a great point there about Luis Severino. His ERA uh, on his last start, pitching really well against the Nationals, dropped from 798 to 726. But his FIP only dropped from 681 to 652 which kind of goes to show exactly what you were talking about, that it wasn't, he pitched well, sure, but his FIP lowered by a lot less than his ERA, which kind of said maybe he didn't pitch quite as well as the earned wins and earned runs would suggest. That when you look at it, it was was a good start relative to where he was, but it wasn't necessarily like, you know, something to write home about. This Tigers offense is not, fantastic by the church of the imagination, but they've pitched well this year. Uh, and they've, they've kind of overperformed. I think the expectations uh, last I had looked, they were uh, the guardians were closer to the tigers. The tigers were closer to third or mm. excuse me, second place than the guardians were to catching uh, the twins. So not that the tigers really have a chance in the AL central, but uh, hanging around at least to be mediocre um, better than, a, you know, two of the teams in that division at least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tigers have been uh, a team that's, Done okay, uh, I guess, for the most part, uh, again, relative to expectations. So minus 107 gets that A grade. Which takes us to the Rangers and the Mets. Rangers, uh, I believe, had lost seven in a row before escaping with a win Saturday. Lost on Sunday in a game that just would not end. Yeah, uh, I think it was 13 innings, something like that. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, playing a, a Mets team that's uh, been up and down more down than up, of course. Offensively, the Rangers' offense is better. I mean, a massive starting pitcher in this match, which is, I, I can tell you, Cousin Jared, I know that's exactly why you picked this. You do love mm-hmm. your starting pitcher mismatches here. John Gray mm-hmm. versus Tyler McGill. ERA difference, about two. Underlying metrics suggest maybe it should be a little bit closer than that, but make no bones about this. This is a big mismatch, and the Rangers relievers are decent. The Mets bullpen has been really rocky all season long. Model says the Rangers win 62% of the time, and that that should be priced. They should be priced minus 166. A grade price, according to sideline, minus 144. We're getting about minus 148, so a B grade just outside of the threshold for an A grade, kind of a B plus grade, closer to an A than to a C. Cousin Jared, other than the starting pitching this match, is there anything else that you like about it, or is that is that the main area that you're going to here? That's the main area I'm going to here, but I also like that the Rangers have a 117 offensive projection against right-handed starters. Uh, the R- Rangers definitely, they have uh, not a huge gap. They're still above average against lefties, but they're very good against right-handed starting pitching. So I like that aspect of it as well. And I think that, I mean, 
rightfully so. The, the Rangers and Astros have been duking it out for leading the AL West all season, and all of a sudden they both go on skids, and now you look up and the Mariners are leading the division. And so Sole I, possession of first place. Yeah, and so this is one of those things where I feel like everybody's just kind of making uh, – getting a little bit too carried away with how bad the Astros and Rangers have been playing. Uh, they've been playing bad, also some bad luck. And so I think this is just a slight – overreaction and the Rangers have uh, edges everywhere you look in this game. So yes, sign me up. The, this Rangers team is not going to be on the skid uh, on a skid for the rest of the season. I think this is when they turn around on Monday. And a tough stretch for the Rangers. We talked about them playing the Brewers and getting some of their better pitchers yep. uh, facing the Diamondbacks, getting a couple of their better pitchers. The Diamondbacks have been playing really well as of late. They've been yep. kind of up and down uh, this season as well after that real rough summer they had been playing really well lately and the twins who've been a solid team uh again a team that probably should be doing better than they are yeah. but still got a lot of talent on that team uh and they faced a lot of good pitchers you know they faced you know pablo lopez and zach allen and uh you know some decent pitchers and they got burns maybe in that milwaukee series i think they got i think they got peralta i don't know if they got him but they got they got at least two of the of their big three mm -hmm. uh i think they got if joe ryan came back bailey ober's been pitching really well for the twins i mean yeah. it's just on and on the, the list they, they face some pretty good pitchers and then you look up here and it's tyler mcgill it's not yeah. a good pitcher and so <laughs> yeah. yeah that's i think the big difference is that you can't you can't ignore how a team's played lately absolutely but we do need to keep it in perspective and the pitching that they've been facing is drastically different than this one and so that's i think why there's this is a pretty smart pick here on the rangers uh cousin jared the the AL West race reminds me of, uh, you know, the hot dog race, the president's race, the whatever race where the two guys get out in front and they start fighting. And then the, the one in third comes from behind and wins. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, where, yeah. where go? and as a fan, you're watching, you're like, you know, at the beginning, you're like, the, the one in third is going to win. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's exactly what's happened here with the Mariners. Well, well, I, I have to say, what was I saying before the season started? That the Mariners were the team that scared me most in, in the AL West. Yeah. But I do have to admit that, uh, you know, they kind of pulled the rug out from under me because about, you know, two months into the season, I was not quite as concerned about the Mariners. But all of a sudden, I am concerned about the Mariners now. But if you would have told me that this is how this division would have played out at the beginning of the season, you know, with these three teams being at the top, I would have said, yeah. This is exactly what I would have expected. It's well, just not what I would have expected two months ago. Asterisk, if you had told me this is how it would play out and the Astros would have every conceivable form of injury basically possible, I would mm -hmm. agree with that. If the Astros had stayed yeah. healthy, I think they were the team that should have won this division. But given how yeah. many innings yeah. the Astros have had from guys that coming into the season, we were like, wait, who? Like, this guy's going to yeah. be – that I think has been, uh, and, and in bets too, with all the injuries they've had. So that's the caveat yep. there. The, the Mariners are the uh, 2023 MLB version of the meme, the uh, call an ambulance, uh, but not for me. You know, that was yeah. the, the call yeah. an ambulance was definitely yeah. the, for the Mariners. The season was terrible, the yeah. disappointing off of last year. Last year was so good and the fan base was so riled up. And then this is just, oh yeah. no. And then all of a sudden it's like, ha ha, I got you. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. they've been playing some really good baseball. But uh, I mean, yeah. we were on the Mariners all last year and this year. Uh, I'm going to say we never doubted them. We knew all along that they would be up there at the top of the division. We never said a bad word about them. Nope. We don't sweat nope. every single game of theirs because even when they win, they make it scary. Uh, none nope. of those things uh, happen. We've, we've, no. we've believed them the whole time. Yeah. Um, 7.40 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Guardians and those aforementioned twins. I mentioned this before, right? The model just does not like the Guardians. Um, Javion Curry and Kinsa Maeda is the 
difference maker in this one, along with the offenses, is the Guardians you know, they put up a bunch of runs here on the Jays on Sunday. And that's the things that we have to remember. Major League offenses are still Major League hitters, right? They're still not terrible. And so when we say the Guardians offense is not very good, we mean relative to average, relative to hitters that perform more often. They still can score runs, and they did here against uh, the Blue Jays, uh, you know, a time or two this weekend. The Twins offense, though, should be much better, and the pitching should be much better here. That when you look at the ERAs between these two pitchers, Curry has the lower ERA, but the advanced metrics suggest that Maida has actually pitched better this year. On top of that, using last year's data even makes that difference stronger. So two teams with decent relievers, but the Twins at home with the better offense and the better starting pitcher should be favored by more than they are. We're taking the Twins minus 159 as an A-grade model. says it should be minus 222. Anything better than minus 188 is an A and the twins win this a nice 69% of the time. Cause Jared, what do you got? You mentioned that the sideline doesn't like the guardians too much. Uh, you've actually sideline has, or we on the show, you and your guests on the show have faded the guardians 37 times this season, but still have an 11% ROI fading the guardians 37 times. Yeah. That, I mean, that is impressive. The guardians offense is just not good. I, I don't know why, but like back, back in Kintamaeda, I have enjoyed doing that this season. And I can't tell you the specifics off the top of my head, but I feel like good things happen whenever we back him, especially. And well, I guess that comes with caveats because he's made a lot of starts against the rest of the AL central. So I think that would probably, that would probably make you feel good. Anytime. It's always yeah. good. Yeah, and so I, I like that here. The fact that we get to back Maeda and also uh, Faith the Guardians, which has been profitable all season. Yeah, uh, there's not really much lefty righty splits to talk about here. Uh, total in this game, interesting enough, is sitting at eight and a half. Model says 9.2. Uh, Guardians offense not very good, but the Twins offense is. Uh, is this a situation where you could go over eight and a half or is that not a big enough differential for you to take the over? It's as of the time of this recording, that is not a big enough differential for me to take because we are recording the night before the games come check back mm. uh, at dub club the morning of the games, get the way this latest weather pulled in there. And then let's see uh, at that point, if it were still eight and a half and the projected total was 9.2, then I would be comfortable playing the over uh but as of the time of this recording no i would not do that didn't mention the uh, first two totals the projections were basically spot on both those totals were nine and the model projected nine so it wasn't really interesting to talk about in those first two games but uh yeah as we talked about before you know always want to get that morning update on the weather uh yep. current situation is that it's going to be slightly warmer than average in minnesota uh especially for a night game here low 80s to start mid 70s mm -hmm to close and the breeze will be five to 10 miles an hour, a little bit out, a little bit to right field. And so that's exactly a great point that you make there about coming back for that morning update on dub club, because if the wind shifts to across this projected total is probably going to be more in the upper eights. If it shifts to out truly out, it's probably going to be closer to nine and a half as it is. It's kind of splitting the difference there at 9.2. And so the temperature, we have a pretty good idea about, but the wind would actually matter a little bit for this one. So, uh, you know, could be an, an overplay. Definitely need to look back on the weather, which takes us to our pitcher prop of the day. We've hit eight of our last nine here across the last couple of weeks, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, Going to take Christian Javier under five and a half Ks. Cousin Jared, my analysis on this one is 
very short and sweet. I've long talked about, I just have not had much faith in Javier this year. You can see he had some pretty good outings there in his fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth starts of the season. Those were outings that were a lot of good luck. The underlying metrics suggested that he was about to, uh, you know, hit a downswing and that he wasn't nearly as good as those early results indicated. And so we started fading him pretty early. Unfortunately, as much as I like the guy and as much as I want him and the Astros to succeed, uh, you know, I, I think there's just too many innings uh, last year and his arm is just not the same. It's been a lot of down. You can see a lot of those unders here. He's gone under this number 71% of the time this season. Good Red Sox offense, Red Sox offense. That's uh, slightly, you know, we're on the, on the better side of average. Doesn't strike out that often. Uh, I have no faith in Javier getting enough innings to get to six strikeouts based off of his strikeouts per nine and the Red Sox strikeouts per nine to get to six strikeouts. I think he reasonably needs to go seven innings. And I mm. can't tell you the last time he's gone seven innings. I think it's maybe only happened once this season. I wouldn't be surprised. It's more likely that Javier gets pulled in the third than it is that he gets seven. Unfortunately. Mm. Well, and, and you're right because the projected total in this game is over 10 runs as of this moment. And so, yeah, it's completely possible that he gets run early in this game. Uh, this just seems to be like a perfect combination of things that was set up for him to go under five and a half. I mean, I feel like it tells you something. You got two Astros fans sitting here telling you to take this, <laughs> take this under uh, two guys that may have watched him more than, than most people out there. Yeah. But again, this game just sets up for a lot of runs anyway. And so even if he had a reasonable outing, he may only go four or five innings. And I mean, just based on what we've seen this season, he's not getting a five and a half strikeouts in that many innings. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's been under nine Ks per nine. The Red Sox, again, don't strike out a lot. So he's going to have to go, either have an incredible start or go a lot of innings. And there's just a lot of ways he doesn't go a lot of innings either by him or just by the park. Like you said, we have a yeah. hitter friendly ballpark, yep. uh, good offenses. I mean, this sets up to be a high scoring game. The Astros score a lot of runs and Javier starts. So it should be a fun one. Uh, either way, it seems like it is always entertaining every time he takes the hill, but uh, not impossible for him to get there, but it just seems really unlikely. This number to me should be set at four and a half. I know it's juice to the under. I don't mind the juice. I think it's just really a strong play. Uh, and I sent this out to the discord again, might be at four and a half in the morning. I have no idea if it is or not. It just doesn't seem like it's the right number. Uh, this is kind of the exact same thing I said about Strider, who uh, I, we took whatever it was over eight and a half. I said it should be nine and a half, makes you think a lot tougher there. And he gets to nine. Same thing here. Like this should be four and a half. Uh, I'm not sure he gets the four and a half, but I yeah. really don't think he gets to five and a half. It yeah. And I mean, like yeah. And the, Ast the Astros blew out the Tigers the past two days. They've probably only got one guy that's not available. Ryan Stanek's probably the only guy that's not available out of the bullpen. They could easily have a quick hook on Javier. So, yeah. Question is, is Maldonado available after the inning he threw on Saturday? I think that's probably question. so. Probably, probably so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's obviously the, the fun one. Um, if you want to see all of the plus expected value plays, all the metrics, all the data on outlier, outlier.bet slash professor gets you a free seven day trial. Go check that out. That sign up link also in the show description. And that will do it for our show. Cousin Jared, any parting words for people's Monday other than go check out week one college football. We were profitable week zero and we're hoping to make another profit here week one. Okay, took the words out of my mouth. I'm excited to watch this yeah. AL Central. I'm excited to watch this AL Central race. AL Central race. AL Central, excuse me. God, I, it's 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 poisoned my brain just like it's poisoned the rest of baseball. AL West. AL West, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the AL Central is kind of a poison to, to baseball. So that, yes, it's yes. A, AL Central race too, I feel like. That's probably good. Uh, I haven't yeah. checked back on it as much, but I feel like the Cubs, Reds, and Brewers are just a, kind of a hot mess too. I think we, we got the NL Central and the AL West and like the two – 
uh, real interesting races. And of course the wildcard stuff should be fun. Yep. Um, important games for a lot of these teams coming down the show to September. Cousin Jared, is that going to affect how you play uh, these games in September, thinking about what matters to teams as we enter the stretch and who's giving up. Uh, you know, we start thinking about that for sure the last like week of the season. When is that going to start creeping into your brain specifically? Not until like the very last week of the season, right. or maybe the last series of the season, because I feel like we've been down this road before and you start thinking mm-hmm. like that and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's people always like to talk about needing this game or whatever. And uh, I'm just reminded of last year. I've I've told I've I've mentioned this before, but on the last day of the season, there were some massive edges where people were fading teams that you know just didn't need to win or something. Didn't didn't care. Yeah, and they still like won anyway. And so uh, I'm curious to see if the same thing will happen this year. Uh, That was obviously only a sample size of uh, there were 16 games on the last day of the season last year. But uh, again, remember a lot of these guys are playing for a job for next year. There's only certain situations and players that might really be mailing it in. Of course, the Yankees, one of those question mark teams, uh, of course, as they bring up younger players, those are guys who are really fighting hard playing for a job. You got a guy like Michael King looking to make a spot in the rotation, mm-hmm. uh, all those young uh, position players looking to find spots. So uh, definitely most of these guys will be playing hard. So uh, just curious your thoughts there as we, as we head towards September uh, hopefully we can have another profitable September. I feel like the last couple of years, September has been a really good month for us. It's like maybe people yep. are overthinking things and just trusting the math has been, has been a, 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 yep. a good thing for us. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, thank you for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure the sports betting content provided on this channel shipped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.